In today's episode, we're going to be talking about needing permission as a writer. My Muslim Voice is the podcast for Muslim writers, brought to you by The Strangers. The Strangers are a non-profit organization, and our aim is to platform Muslim voices and provide resources like this podcast and blogs. We are your hosts, Kashmir Maryam and Aisha Alam, and we also happen to be Blood Sisters. So I think this subject is so interesting and you introduced it as, you know, needing permission to be a writer. But I think it's not needing anyone's permission to be a writer. And we thought that this would be an excellent one to begin with, because sometimes that's a hindering thought that a lot of people have once they enter the writing creative writing space. So, um, yeah. So um, let me ask you a few questions, Aisha, if you don't mind. Um, how tell us a little bit about your uh, writing journey how you began and did you ever have this thought in your head that you were not a writer that you couldn't be a poet so how did that begin for you Uh, that's an excellent question you were actually the one who introduced me to it um spoken word specifically but I would never actually feel like an, a writer or a poet because um I feel like as if it's it's kind of like an industry where if you're not in it and you're not known or you're not well known in an aspect then you're not really respected as much but I began writing I think when I was like 12 maybe 13 years old I I don't know if that answers your question or if I just kind of went on a tangent obviously we're sisters so I know how your writing journey went and and the way that you began I know that you had an appreciation for spoken word poetry at least with regards to um, slam poetry and um, I think it took you a while to go from the writing phase to the stage phase. Um, and a part of it was because you weren't, uh, you weren't associated with any of the slam teams that were in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of came across it because uh, some of the stuff that I was doing with slam teams. But because you wanted to be in that space without necessarily having to affiliate with anyone or anything, and mm. that kind of like comes back to my point, which is that you don't need to be affiliated with a movement or an organization or mm-hmm. anything. You could just be a freelancer doing your thing. That, that would be my number one advice to anyone who is thinking of going into writing. You don't have to know people who are in the writing space to get started. Mm. You can just start writing and putting your stuff out there if you would like to, you know, benefit people with your work or um, creatively express yourself in a beneficial way, whether it's through poetry or novel writing whatever way you uh find inspiring um and you want to share with the world so uh that that's what I would say just based on your experiences and on my own personal experiences too um it helps to be affiliated with people it helps to be part of a writing movement it helps Mm. to have a community of authors and poets and um, novelists but um, you don't need that to get started so don't ever let that hinder you would be my word of advice to our listeners any other tips that you could suggest Aisha based on your experience or things that you've seen work for other people yeah definitely so I would say from my own experience so I'm, I'm I, I write poetry and I also do novel writing so both of these things are very different to one another but they can both be very similar as well now specifically with novel writing with this whole world of publishing uh, traditional publishing there's different types of publishing a person can go through but if you're not known you have to work twice as hard in order for people to take your work seriously for example if you're writing about a theme or something because it's been over 
overly saturated, which happens to be the theme that I'm writing my novel on right now. Um, they say that, you know, you're you're going to be rejected by agents and querying because traditional publishing has oversaturated it. You know what I mean? So um, mm. I think it comes again to the point that you have to know why you are doing what you're doing. You have to remember your why. That comes to the authenticity of the work you produce because you understand why you're doing it. Um, Kashmir, I, I know you have something to say about this, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're 100% right that you have to know your intention. You have to know exactly what your goal is with writing. Uh, even if your goal is, uh, I just want to write um, as a form of therapy, that is a goal, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's about having your intentions in place and your goals understood and clear. Um, and I have a, I wanted to backtrack a little bit because you mentioned a really interesting point, which is that, um, you know, traditional publishing is very oversaturated as an industry right now. So the way that a lot of um, it works is based on how popular you are as a writer. I'm sorry if you can hear sirens in the background. You know, it comes down to how popular you are in order for you to be considered. And that obviously helps publishers with marketing you as a writer or a novelist or a poet because it makes it easier for them because you're known. They already have, um, you know, a, a target demographic that they can sell to. So yes, how can we overcome that? Because I, I think I find that model really problematic. It disenfranchises a lot of people who are very talented and who are very worthy of recognition, but they don't necessarily know how to navigate themselves on social media. This is a reality in the writing world, whether you are a poet or whether you are writing a novel or whether you are writing um, a work of nonfiction, whatever you're writing, there is an unsaid kind of uh, way of thinking about um, the, the person who is writing the work, even though they might produce an amazing quality. But if it the, if, if the agents, for example, or even the whole people hosting events, they don't feel that people are going to relate to it, uh, no matter how unique, no matter how powerful it is, how personal it is, um, and how true it is, then it's not going to sell. I think it's so important. Um, it comes back to knowing your why. And that that is very related to knowing who you are as a person too and what you represent and being strong in that belief because you know in this world of writing you have to have thick skin you're going to get pushback constantly get pushback you have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it I was listening to a writer who has published talking about this whole concept and she said that she changed her writing to writing something more commercially acceptable mm. I kept thinking about this whole concept and I spoke to I spoke to a friend of mine about it and they said don't ever do that you know because once you take out the reason why you are writing and the love of that writing I write because of the message that I'm writing you know and um, <laughs> I'm sure everyone wants to write their message too so once you take that message out of it the soul is taken out of the writing and it will only go for so long until it becomes just some job that you're doing which is no different to something else that you'd be doing and it's kind of drains you out a little bit you know that's my personal experience everyone has a unique experience to themselves so I'm just I, I'm just speaking from my own yeah and just to add to that you mentioned a really good point which is that in this field in particular there will be a lot of pushback like you know even if you hear about the story of JK Rowling for example arguably one of the most famous writers of our time she got rejected a ridiculous number of times with her um, um, you know, with her manuscript. And if you think about how phenomenally successful she became after just being accepted, 
that one last time that she tried um it, it just gives you hope or it should be enough to give anyone who is a writer hope if they have been rejected from traditional publishers um and just to also add on to that as well i i think that nowadays um like when i look at some of the books that are out there and i read the content um and I also read the content of some of our poets who are part of the Strangers Project. You know, we have uh, various different um, campaigns that we've run, like the Uyghur um, letter campaign that we ran. And when I read their content, I really think, wow, how is it that we have such deep and rich content mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, poets and writers who are not so uh, well known and, and super famous mm -hmm. and then I could go into a traditional bookstore and pick up a book and it has a poetry which is just two lines long yeah. and it sounds you know no I, and this is no disrespect to, to the writer of but course. two lines which sound like just a standard conversation but yeah. somehow became published as like um a piece of art you yes. know I, I and I understand um you know writing is subjective and it is all uh you know based on like like I guess the saying goes beauty is in the eye of in the eye of the beholder yeah so I I know that for some people that kind of poetry it, it speaks to them and no disrespect to them but I just sometimes think that the quality that is out there is not necessarily a reflection of the talent that that exists mm -hmm. and so sometimes as much as it is important for us to be popular and to to speak um, in a way that people can understand that really I think the the writers who are most successful are the ones who stay true to their vision like you said Aisha mm -hmm. and they also speak to the audience in a very specific way in a very deep way mm -hmm. and sometimes when you write pieces which are commercially acceptable as your friend said it might speak to the masses but it doesn't speak to the soul I think the beautiful um merge that that happens when you have someone who has something that is of value to add to this community and then they are also um you know catapulted with the platform and the recognition that they need in order for that to message to spread speaking about mm -hmm. that specific thing i'm going to ask you about your writing journey um kashmir Miriam was and i did mention it before she is actually a personal inspiration for me and exactly what she just described um about a person having that kind of platform as well as the words and the depth and i think if you hear her poetry as well um hope that you can relate to her on that level too so uh kashmir tell us about your writing journey my journey began in um I think the the typical way that you hear you know as a, a slam poet it's usually very fiery very um you know it comes from a place of um um full of emotion so you know the idea of performing the poem it, it comes it has to come from an emotion and usually for a lot of people that comes through um anger or um you know seeing an injustice and speaking out about it mm -hmm. um so that's how my poetry began it began very fiery it was very you know angry accusatory very mm -hmm. defensive of justice and human rights and activism and that that was really the definitive theme of my poems at the very beginning but they were also very simplistic in their style and the rhyming scheme it wasn't something that I delved deeper into you know I did not 
I did not um, entertain similes and metaphors and mm. these kinds of poetic devices that could have taken my poetry to the next level. Mm. But then as time went on, and I, I feel like my evolution as a writer happened through my personal experiences. So mm. things that I began to see, my own um, personal spiritual journey, um, the way that I started to interact with different people um, started shaping my way and my understanding of the world on a more personal level because as a teenager you experience much less than you know as you get through life mm -hmm. so um that definitely shaped me as a writer and I think it helped me develop because instead of going out and being this fiery angry um individual I I took a step back and started reflecting and thinking more internally about myself my state and the way that I think about the world and my vices and my strengths and then incorporating that into my poetry um I felt helped it develop and um, um, become better really and I have to always be mindful of uh, you know the intention behind it so now how do I go from this very um, uh, emotional poet to this um, reflective yeah. poet that can become an agent of change mm -hmm. and what is the change that I want to see and and to uh, manifest that in my work so mm -hmm. yeah that's that's uh, in a nutshell hopefully that answers your Beautiful. question and um, that's actually partly the reason why we founded the strangers organization because of that way of thinking um to kind of use poetry um initially we began as poetry but we have evolved a little bit I, I say evolved but we branched out more so because um it's not really it's not something that's improved um you know because poetry isn't something that can be improved upon if that makes sense it's something in its own right you know so I'd say that we branched out more from the poetry but anyway um we're talking we're talking uh technicalities here right um but exactly what you said we wanted to use our voices in order to spread our truth and do it in the most beautiful way possible um and just saying that as well remember when you were younger you went to a poetry slam uh when we were we were teenagers like 15 16 and I remember one line that you said and the whole crowd they went crazy like banging their feet on the floor and um it was <laughs> it, it was what was it even our dad was there as well he was listening and he was impressed um but Kashmir she said you say this about Muslims so why is Friday night curry night <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that wow <laughs> oh my gosh I remember um our brother came back and he was like I can't believe you said that but um yeah it's crazy Sapana, and your poetry has definitely definitely evolved mashallah and you have a book out right Nefsi Yes, I have a poetry collection called Nafsi Jihad Upon Myself. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's interested, that's available on Amazon. I did not intend to plug that in, <laughs> just so you know. We'll link it in the show notes, inshallah. But I'd say pretty much, you know, we're concluding. Just our final message is that do you and Kashmir. Yeah, definitely do you, I think is probably the best way of, of saying it. And just remember that you do not need anyone's permission to say that you can write. You do not need anyone's uh, validation to say that you're a good writer. Just always be mindful of critiquing your own self and being open to criticism, if that is the case. But, to, uh, but the key is to just remain true to yourself as a writer and you'll always feel happiness and fulfillment um, as you enter that space and other people will feel that authenticity too and it'll it'll just be like um, a firework that catches fire after that point so 
yeah, that would be my advice. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for listening. For now, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a comment on things you want to hear about on this podcast. Review or rate us. It will really help us in getting more people like you to have this resource. If you want more information on how you can get involved with The Strangers Poets, subscribe to our newsletter on the link below.